people will think, oh, look at these silly people stealing unactivated gift cards. But they were going for the plastic to re-encode somebody else's credit card or debit card onto that gift card. Introducing the Protectors. Inside criminal minds from around the world. Presented by the IAFCI. Leaders in safeguarding consumers from fraud and scams for more than 50 years. And now your hosts, International President Mike Carroll and International VP Mark Solomon. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Carroll, International President of the International Association of Financial Crime Investigators. Welcome to IFCI Presents the Protectors Podcast. I am with Mark Solomon, our International Vice President, all the way from Connecticut. Mark, how are you doing today? Mike, I'm doing well. I uh, can't complain. And we're ticking down to the uh, end of your presidency, your two terms in office. So I want to say thank you. You've done a phenomenal job, but you're not going anywhere because you're going to be our chairman next year. So looking looking forward to working with you. Well, we're going to be in good hands because you are our official international president starting in 2023. We've got a great executive board. Our membership is growing. So I'm really excited about the IFCI. Me too. It's a great partnership, Mike. I love working with you, and we're going to keep doing that for the next two years. Well, Mark, one of the things I enjoy is, as the international president, an opportunity to go out and meet other organizations. And uh, back in October, uh, I was invited to attend the Retail Gift Card Association annual conference held at National Harbor, Maryland, where we had our annual conference. And I met a great person there, uh, Martha Weaver. And Martha Weaver is today's guest. I want to say a little about her, a little, little intro. Uh, Martha, she is a payments, fintech, and gift card industry veteran with more than two decades of leadership and senior-level experience. She currently serves as the North American Head of Retail Partnerships at Tillo, a company that offers a software platform that uses the power of digital gift card rewards and incentives to connect consumers to retail brands. Martha is a member of the Board of Directors of the Retail Gift Card Association and serves as the Chair of the Fraud Committee that specializes in helping retailers and other industry stakeholders collaboratively protect consumers from fraud involving gift cards and assist law enforcement in identifying and prosecuting fraudsters. I love that. So we would like to welcome to the podcast Martha Weaver from the Retail Gift Card Association. Hi, Martha. Hi, gentlemen. Great to be here. Thank you for that nice introduction, too. Thank you, Martha, for coming on the show. And I just want to start off and say, you know what? There's a lot of bad news sometimes that uh, you hear about gift cards. And, you know, I think sometimes the industry gets a bad rap. And, and you know what? There are instances where there's fraud, but generally they're, uh, you know, gifts that people like to give to others. And, and it's generally a safe activity to be involved in. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad you brought that up because you're right. Gift cards in the news, you see all of these oh my gosh, all the things that are bad about gift cards, but they're still like the number one asked for gift every year. I don't even know how many years in running they're top of the list. But yeah, I mean, if, if you know where a person likes to shop or eat, it's a perfect gift to give, but there are some downsides to gift cards and consumers just need to be aware of what some of the things are that they need to be looking at. And, and that's one of the things that the Retail Gift Card Association is really trying to do is help drive some of that consumer awareness so that they can feel comfortable gifting these wonderful gift cards during birthdays or holidays or you name it as a reward for, um, you know, walking your steps or whatever it is. So I really appreciate the time that you guys are giving us to talk about this a little bit because there is a lot of good, but as you all well know, there are a lot of bad guys out there. And um, 
gift cards fall victim to that too. Personally, I love gift cards. So if any, any of too. our listeners want to send Mike and I gift cards, we're, we're willing to accept <laughs> them at any time. So any store, whether, you know, Visa, all, all the different type of gift cards, we love them. So, Martha, you know, when I was at the Retail Gift Card Association, your annual conference, I was really impressed with all the people that I met there. And that's one of the reasons you have this annual conference. You do a lot to, to protect consumers from fraud. Can you talk about the association and what you're doing to protect consumers? Yeah, for sure. So the Retail Gift Card Association, is, as you can imagine, is made up of retailers. So you've got the Targets, the Walmarts, uh, also restaurants and travel, so Subway and Hotels.com. So it's made up of any brand that has a gift card program um, that wants to band together with other like-minded individuals who, you know, their responsibilities are the gift card program for their business. And then on the flip side, it, there are also members who support these brands. Um, and so you will have third-party distributors. So if you go to a grocery store and you see those gift card malls, um, those are third-party distributors. So those are members. Um, we have card manufacturers. We have packaging companies. We have the um, processors that actually manage the data. So the Retail Gift Card Association is about 15 years old and is made up of all of these different companies that are involved in gift cards. And one of the missions of the Retail Gift Card Association is to raise awareness about what can happen once a gift card gets uh, into the wrong person's hands and or a consumer purchases a gift card with all good intent, but something goes wrong. Uh, maybe a fraudster had already tampered with that card or they were told to purchase a gift card and give it to somebody else to get their kid out of jail or to pay their taxes or something like that. So the Retail Gift Card Association works really hard to just identify what's going on um, with the gift cards and then trying to not scare consumers, but, you know, educate them on what to look for and what to be aware of. That's great. And I'm happy to talk about what some of those things are, but that's what our mission really is, that and also to just create a network of gift card professionals who can share information and experiences and uh, best practices. I wanted to mention, too, what I liked about your conference was we had a forum, and, and I was participating in that along with AARP, uh, the National Consumers League, they were there, Federal Trade Commission, and our organization, the International Association of Financial Crimes Investigators. It was just great to get us all together up on stage just to talk about what each one of our organizations is seeing regarding gift cards and possible fraud related to it. Yeah, Mike, it was great to have you there. It was great to have all of those other um, organizations there. And I can tell you, as the um, committee chair for our Fraud and Abuse Mitigation Committee, the last two years, we have had so much outreach from different organizations and associations within the crime-fighting world, right? So the FBI, Better Business Bureau, AARP, FTC, um, yourself included, so many organizations have been reaching out um, and have found us and like, wow, we didn't even know you guys existed. And there's a lot of information that we can be sharing. And there's a lot of resources that uh, we all can share to help educate consumers on, again, what to look out for and what to be alert to when it comes to gift cards. So that was the first time we had a panel like that. And boy, the feedback we got from our members was Let's do that again. <laughs> it was so great. And so, again, just really, really um, thrilled that we were able to have so many wonderful people come and talk about what they're seeing from where they sit in the ecosystem. 
And that's what it's all about, Martha, really. You know, like I said, you hit it on the head where all the different uh, associations, organizations, law enforcement, private sector coming together and collaborating. And, and you know, like I said, the gift card uh, industry is a business and obviously businesses want to make money. But, you know, they're also very concerned about fraud and protecting the consumer. So it's not just about selling gift cards. It's about, you know, making sure those transactions are safe, that the customers are protected and that, you know, people are not taking advantage of people through gift card scams, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, brands are very protective, as you probably well know, of their brand. That's right. And anytime a consumer has a bad experience with their brand, whether that's redeeming a gift card or getting scammed because they were told to buy that Walmart gift card, let's say, that puts the brands in a really bad position with consumers. And so they they are very invested in helping consumers understand what's a good purchase and what's a bad purchase or what are gift cards used for and what should they not be used for. And that's something that the RGCA has worked really hard on. We've actually created a public service announcement in the form of a short video that kind of pokes fun at it, but not making fun of the victim. But like gift cards are for gifts, right? The gift cards are not for paying your taxes, getting somebody out of jail, um, you know, if somebody's asking you for payment in the form of gift cards, you need to think twice about whether or not that's a legitimate request and, and um, whether or not you should be participating in that ask. So we're trying really hard to, to do that. But also, I think you'll notice brands are starting to do something with signage at the gift card malls and the racks. I don't know if you've encountered that. I know like Walgreens actually has a POS prompt whenever somebody's trying to activate a gift card that you can't actually sell the gift card unless the cashier has read them. You know, this is a gift card. It can only be used for X, Y, or Z. So again, brands are really invested and investing more and more in making sure that consumers have as much information possible before they make that purchase as they can. And again, you don't want to scare consumers away and you certainly don't want to shame victims, but you know, there's a fine balance and that's what we're trying to figure out um, without having it be legislated to us, right? Sure. Yeah, Martha, I think you answered my next question because I was going to ask what kind of fraud involves the use of gift cards. And you were saying don't use them to pay taxes and things like that. I was just going to say, I mean, there are so many um, what we call victim-assisted fraud. So there's there's the scams where they they play on somebody's emotions, um, and they're very good at it. And um, so there's those sorts of scams. So, you know, get kid out of jail, pay your taxes, romance scams, things like that. But the basic fundamental fraud that's associated with gift card is still credit card theft and using stolen credit cards to purchase gift cards and then reselling them wherever they can, right, to cash them out. And so that's still huge. Um, and then there's the tampering. There's also, um, you'll notice more and more gift cards are being wrapped in more secure packaging and or have different codes on the outside than what the actual gift card number is. And these are all mechanisms that brands have invested in to prevent people from taking a bunch of cards off the rack, or I call it liberating these cards, right? Taking them home, opening up the packaging, you know, writing down the the gift card number and the pin. You can buy that scratch off on the internet and you can put it right back on and put them right back on the rack and then wait for somebody to come along and activate it and then you scoop up the balance. So those, the credit card fraud and the tampering are the oldest fraud schemes that are associated with gift cards. And unfortunately, they're not totally eradicated. 
Um, a lot of brands have actually implemented limits, volume or threshold limits on activation lookups, balance lookups. So if a card has never been activated and somebody does a balance inquiry on it before an activation, many brands will actually freeze that card um, because that's an indication that somebody's waiting for somebody to put money on it. Some have a limit of like three, but yeah, there's lots of things that brands are, you know, unfortunately they're, they're reacting it's funny. I uh, I remember a case before I retired from law enforcement, uh, probably five six years ago, where they were going in on the racks, and, and just like you said, they were, you know, opening up to get the information inside the gift card, you know, the card number, the scratch off, and then resealing the package, and they would put it usually on the very front of the rack again, and then waiting for somebody to purchase it, activate it, and they already had the data to take the funds. So. You know, I think that's one key takeaway for consumers. You know, when you you take that gift card off the rack, make sure it's the the package hasn't been tampered with. You know, the scratch off area hasn't been removed. You know, those are I think are, are great tips for our consumer uh, that are listening to the show today to be watchful of. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, if it doesn't look right, if, if it doesn't smell right, it's probably not right. So just grab the next card. If there's anything wrong with the packaging, I do have to tell you, though, a funny, funny little story. So I got an Amazon gift card as a birthday gift recently. My mother-in-law has finally figured out that I would prefer Amazon gift card to a squirrel sweater. So I thank her for that. But she (laughs) gave me the Amazon gift card. The packaging was so aggressive um, that I literally destroyed it as I was opening it. And then I couldn't find the gift card inside because there were like three folds of cardboard or paper stock and it was totally hidden inside like three folds. And I thought she got scammed because I'm like, Oh my gosh, Dorothy, there's no gift card in here. And she was like, I have a gift receipt. <laughs> and so my point is like, there's a, there's a point where it can be too aggressive and you'll have to have a nice balance between being consumer friendly, but also protecting the consumer. So that's, that's a challenge that a lot of packaging companies are tasked with is to help brands figure out what's enough but not too much, right? So there's lots of things that brands have to think about and juggle. Um, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's a gift and they want it to be giftable, but they also want to make sure that the bad guys have as much friction in the process as possible. Hey, can I go into pass one more time? Mark, remember like maybe over five years ago, they would just go into the store and just grab a whole bunch of them, run out the door only for the fact that they wanted to re-encode the back? Remember, Mark, they were just re-encoding the yeah. cards? That, that, yeah. that was my my neck of the woods there. And, Martha, I did uh, 11 years on a federal task force, Secret Service, and back in the ATM skimming days and, and uh, MagStripe data, you know, um, these were huge targets. You know, um, usually those racks were not paid attention to. They were put somewhere far away from the register. And, you know, people will think, oh, look at these silly people stealing, you know, unactivated gift cards. But they were they were going for the plastic to re-encode somebody else's credit card or debit card onto that gift card. So uh, can you talk a little bit about that, what a gift card industry is doing to uh, prevent that? Yeah, they're doing some tokenization. Um, and they're also, again, like, you can't really prevent somebody from taking a plastic card that has a mag stripe and encoding some credit card data on it, right? You can't, that, that's, I mean, unfortunately that, that doesn't work, but what you can prevent with the pin and in the early days of gift cards, there were no pins. And so um, people were able to, you know, encode a whole bunch of the same card numbers onto 
gift cards. And again, they just have one card number in their possession and then they put them all out there in the field again. And so every time somebody activates that card, it's just adding more money to the same card number. Brands have also put, many brands don't allow reloads um, and then also don't allow what you call card consolidation, which kind of stops some of that from happening. But yeah, I mean, putting actual credit card data on a MagStripe is, I don't know, I haven't heard that happening a lot lately, but um, a lot of brands have also moved away from MagStripe. Again, it's actually not as environmentally favorable as a QR code or a barcode. And again, you can't encode a barcode, can't change a barcode, can't change a QR code. So there are quite a few brands that are um, evolving into that kind of a, a product. And then some are just even evolving into more alphanumeric instead of numbers to create more challenges for some of these fraudsters who can figure out card schemas. Um, there's some folks out there who could, I, I used to work with a guy who could actually look at a card number and he could like figure out what their schema was just by looking at one or two cards. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> if you can do that, think about all the other people that can do that. So, yes, I, I don't know if you guys have um, are still seeing a lot of that skimming issue, but we haven't heard about that in a while. I could tell you I'm in the financial services now uh, working for a financial institution and not only us, but others. You know, there's what we call account generation attacks where they're able to figure out the, you know, the bin number plus the, you know, algorithm for those uh, numbers and then test them out on the internet. So it is still alive and well, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I, I always like to say nothing is uh, 100% fail safe. Uh, there is ways to manipulate barcodes now on top of it. So it's, uh, the fraudsters are unrelenting. It's scary, you know. It is scary. And it's like whack-a-mole because, you know, once you figure out something's going on over here, and you, you deal with it, they pop up over in the next corner. One of the things that the industry also has struggled with is um, retail theft. And gift cards are involved in that, in that somebody will steal a product, let's just say um, a hammer from the Home Depot, and they'll return it and claim, I don't have a receipt and I paid with cash. And so the Home Depot, as a customer service, would put it on a gift card. And so they were thinking, okay, well, the funds can only be used here. Well, you know, that person sells the gift card somewhere else. And so, you know, they just made some money off of a stolen hammer that they returned and got in the form of a gift card. Now, this is also the interesting part is once the Home Depot got their arms around it um, by requiring an ID to issue what they call a merchandise returns card, the bad guys just started stealing from other stores, <laughs> other brands. And so, yep, you know, exactly. you can just chase them across the street. Um, and so that's one of the things that the Retail Gift Card Association does is allows, through our weekly coffee breaks, allows our members to talk about what's going on in your stores. We bring in the brand's asset protection teams all the time to talk to us. What are you seeing? So Mar Martha, uh, you, you said you get coffee breaks? Yeah, we have, we have weekly coffee breaks. And it's um, a different topic every week. And the Fraud and Abuse Mitigation Committee hosts one a month. So we have guest speakers come in sometimes and talk to us about a topic, or we just do an open forum and say, hey, guys, like last week we did, what are some of the new scams you're seeing? That's some, boy, that's some great ideas to just have those small conversations and uh, talk about trends and things you're seeing. I, I commend you guys for doing that. That's awesome. We implemented it during COVID because everybody was just jonesing to see each other, right? So we <laughs> yeah, right. These, yeah. So we have these Zoom meetings and... 
you know, we're not a huge organization. I want to say we have about 125 member companies and, and, you know, there could be between two and eight people for each company that is, you know, part of the association. But these coffee breaks are so popular now, we're not stopping them. We have between 45 to 80 people every Thursday, which it's, yeah, I mean, for any organization that that many people show up on a 1030 on a Thursday, <laughs> it's pretty good. So it's, it's been very, very well received by our organization. Hey, Martha, if I could go back real quick, talking about fraud involving gift cards. I just had a quick story. So I got a text from our local pastor that uh, one of our parishioners was in trouble mm. and asked me if I could go purchase some gift cards. So I texted him back and I said I would. So my next text back to him was that, hey, uh, instead of buying 5000 in gift cards, I bought 10000 in gift cards because I'm really, really worried about our parishioner. And he said, oh, great. Now read me off the numbers on the back. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I dropped them off at the parish center. And his next text was, you idiot. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't fall for that one. You know, that's exactly what they do. And they're so good at it. They impersonate people's bosses. They, um, they, they are so so good. I had a friend who has been in the gift card industry as long as I have. And he called me one day just in a panic because he had been scammed. Somebody said it, he got a text from his boss. And then the boss said, same thing, go buy these gift cards. And since he works for a card manufacturer, he thought he wanted them as samples. But he thought it was kind of odd that he asked for $500 ones. And so when he asked about that, the message came back, oh, I'm going to use these at the, the holiday party as you know gifts after we look at them. Okay. And then he went down to the office of his boss and the secretary said, oh, he's in the meeting. And so he couldn't talk to his boss. So he went and he bought these cards. And as he was leaving, he must've been talking to his wife and she's like, oh my God, you, you're getting scammed. And so he couldn't return the card. Um, that was a policy. So I, at that time I worked at a company called Raise, which is a gift card marketplace. And we allowed people to sell gift cards that they couldn't use or didn't want to. And we monitored who they were and where they were getting the cards. And we needed proof of purchase and receipt and all of that. So John had called me and said, can you help me sell these? I'm out like $2,000. And uh, I'm like, wow, John, you should have known better. But then that's how good they are, right? Right. That's how good they they are. They got a lot of free time. He was so chagrined, you know. He was like, I can't believe I fell for that. So that's the victims of these, these scams are not to be blamed. They're not stupid. They're not. You know they are they are being manipulated and being manipulated by professionals, and it's it's really tough to confront somebody who's so upset and so afraid in the store. Where you know we've had stories from retailers where you know they've gotten people, the general manager gets involved, or asset protection team member comes out and tries to intervene, and these people are so agitated and so upset. It's very hard once they've once they've bought into it that deep and they're actually at point of sale making these purchases. It's very hard to get them to to reverse behavior. It, it has to happen before they even make the purchase or go to the store. So those are some of the things that we're trying to think about too as an association: is how do we continue to educate consumers way up the funnel so that when they get that phone call or text or message from their pastor or you know, Johnny's in jail kind of thing that they know right away is a scam. And that, that takes a lot of effort. And it takes all of us to be repeating those messages. You know, Martha, one of the things you mentioned it earlier, it's these fraudsters use the word urgency. They make everything urgent. They don't want you to think, you know, 
or they don't want you to talk to your friends or neighbors. They want you, you got to move real quickly or something worse is going to happen. You need to get that gift card purchased right now. Or the other thing, too, I noticed, you know, same scam uh, from the pastor, but this time he wanted me to Venmo the money to him. And I'm thinking it's the same scam, but there's always different ways for them to get the money. So sometimes they might want to do it through gift cards, sometimes a wire transfer, sometimes a Venmo. So the scams are the same, but the way they, they want you to send the money, it could be different. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's the other scam, too, which are those romance scams, which, again, they are probably so underreported because the, the victim is feeling so emotionally vulnerable that they don't want to talk about it. But, you know, romance scams are when somebody preys on a vulnerable person um, and then once they're into a relationship with them, starts asking for money via gift cards. And it doesn't just have to be gift cards. Obviously, they ask for money in a lot of different ways. But, you know, that's also just another another way these bad guys are preying on, you know, people with vulnerabilities. So it's challenging there, too. Um, that's a little different because how do you convince somebody that someone you think you're in a relationship with is doing that to you. It's easier to convince the person when they get a cold call that that's a fraud or a scam. But when you know the person, that's a little bit harder. So that's where the AARP comes in and some of the other consumer protection agencies where they can actually go out into the community and talk to people. Um, So that's why we partnered with a lot of those agencies, too, to try and get some of that messaging out before anybody falls victim. And Martha, you said something earlier in the podcast, and I just want to stress it because I think it's such a a critical point, a critical red flag is that, you know, it's inherent in its name. A gift card is meant to be a gift. But anytime you really deviate from that, whether it's to pay a bill, get somebody out of jail, um, you know, these type of things, that should just make the hair on the back of your neck stand up and say, you know, immediately, immediately fraud, you know, right? Is that kind of sort of a a good rule of thumb? Absolutely. I mean, you nailed it. A gift card is for gifting. And there's only one other use for a gift card, and that's self-use for budgeting purposes, right? So underbanked people or people who want to make sure that they're not spending too much at Starbucks every week will use a gift card as their own budgeting tool, so if you're using it for yourself, great. That's that's one thing. But you shouldn't be giving it to anybody else other than somebody that has a birthday or it's it's a holiday, you know, or you're gifting it. Yeah, so. somebody that you know or acquaintance, you know, not a perfect stranger or <laughs> right. not to the IRS or, uh, you know, to read off to a police department to get your family member, you know, out of jail. You cannot pay your utility bill with a gift card. <laughs> You can only yeah, use right. a gift card at the brand that is on that card. And, um, you know, it's just it's it's just a message that we have to continuously just put out there, you know. Um, again, like I said, though, these scammers, as you're probably well aware, are so good at manipulating people and creating that fear. I mean, they, they many times stay on the phone with people while they go through the whole transaction so that... They keep feeding stuff in their ear while somebody else might be trying to dissuade them from making the purchase. But also, brands have put a lot of limits on gift card sales, too. Again, when gift cards were first introduced, it was like, ah, this is great. Now, you know, we can we can put as much money as we want on these gift cards, and, and we can sell a lot of merchandise when people redeem them. And, and then little by little, brands started realizing, like, I'm an ice cream company. I don't need a $1,000 gift card. Who's going to ever gift 
a thousand dollars worth of ice cream. So why would we do that? Because that's what the fraudsters are using stolen credit cards to buy and then resell the cards. So again, our brands have gotten really smart too about knowing who their customers are and what their spending habits are and adjusting what the limits are to denominations and or number of cards in the transaction. Same with like redeeming gift cards online. A lot of brands restrict you to limited amount of gift cards that you can redeem in one purchase. Again, just causing friction for these bad guys, not necessarily stopping it cold, but anytime they can add a layer of friction from somebody doing something inappropriate with the gift cards or or illegal, they are, they are trying to implement those things. And it costs money and it costs time, but they're making those investments because they have to. Hey, Martha, are there resources out there available for our listeners that would help educate them about uh, identifying and reporting fraud regarding gift cards? Yes, absolutely. So the Retail Gift Card Association has a pretty robust website. A lot of it is, is behind a gate for members only, but we do have a consumer center page. And there we have tips about, you know, the safe uses of gift cards, how to protect your gift card when you have it. We have our PSA video there about, you know, don't use gift cards for taxes or paying your bills or things like that. Um, And then we also have a whole bunch of phone numbers from the different agencies that we've talked about previously to help consumers report fraud or ask questions maybe before they make that purchase. And so, yes, we have a whole resource center on our website. And then if you go to Better Business Bureau has their own scam center also where you can report any kinds of crimes or, or scams or things that you're seeing, they do an annual report every year too, which is pretty interesting. But yeah, people can go to the, it's rgca.org, O-R-G. And on the right-hand side, there's a consumer center and you can just click on that and there's all kinds of information on what to be on the alert for and how to protect yourself when it comes to gift cards. Martha, I was just thinking what would be important on these types of scams uh, for our uh, listeners is, if there's a grandchild in trouble, a message from your pastor, uh, somebody from the IRS, call them. Make that phone call first before you do anything. You could verify right away if it's legit or not by making a phone call. Call that person. You know, if your grandson's in trouble, make a phone call to him. Make sure that he does need assistance, you know, but I think that would help out a lot. My other question, Martha, was reading off the gift card numbers on the back of the card would there be any good reason to do that? There shouldn't be any reason at all. Should there, no. or, or do people actually do that for legitimate purposes? The only reason you might read off the back the number is if you called the Home Depot and said something's wrong with my card, and and they say, okay, can you read me? You know, if you called, if you made the call to their one eight hundred number because you were having trouble using the card, that's the only time you should read a card number off to anybody. And the other thing, like in some instances, if you're in store and you're making a purchase with a gift card and the mag stripe doesn't work or is tampered with, you might hand the card over to the cashier and they can key it in. But again, you're there making the purchase using your own card. So there would be no reason why you would give somebody a card number over the phone. If you wanted to send somebody a card and you forgot it was their birthday and and you want it there today, that's what digital gift cards are for. Not for you to go buy a card and then call somebody and say, here's your gift card number. You would, you would buy a digital card and, and send that to them. So, no. I mean, there's no reason why you would give your card number to anybody. And there's no reason why you would buy a gift card for anything other than giving it to your mom, your uncle, your son, your, your grandchild as a gift. 
And Martha, I have two questions if I can. Uh, first one is we talk about we're getting obviously in the middle of the holiday season here where there's a lot of shopping going on. People are looking for deals. Um, all of a sudden, you know, they see an offer to buy a gift card for 75% of its value or 50% of its value on a third-party site. Is that something you would tell the consumers to avoid getting involved in? So, good question. So, there are um, brands, and I would say it's primarily the restaurant brands that will do, like, buy a $50 card, get a $10 bonus card. Um, We call those BOGOs, buy one, get one. And the restaurants have gotten really savvy because what had been happening is groups of what I call arbitrage resellers. There's nothing fraudulent about what the arbitrage resellers are doing, but they swoop in and they buy as many of those cards as they can. And then they turn around and resell them on like a marketplace. Um, It's all legitimate, but it's abuse of the promo. So it wasn't going to the consumers that that brand had wanted to entice. At the end of the day, those cards are getting into the hands that somebody wants to shop or eat at that restaurant, but they're paying a middleman to actually move those cards for them. Now, if you go to a website that is not the brand's website and see cards at 75% off or, you know, a $100 card for 90 you need to make sure that that website has a guarantee you need to make sure that that is a legitimate website. And so, like, there are two that are members of the uh, RGCA. One is Raise Marketplace, which is a company I used to work for. They screen for fraud very carefully. And so those cards are good, and consumers can get some value because uh, you usually pay a little bit less than what the total market price is. And then there's a company called Hard Cash, and they are also legitimate, and they also take care of consumers and make sure that if there is a card that has a problem with it, they get reimbursed. But do not buy them on eBay. They're putting their card numbers out there. Anybody could steal those card numbers. Right. Do not buy them um, from a third party that, you know, gift cards are us. So a person-to-person type transaction, you're saying, wouldn't be, right. you know, a wise decision. Don't okay. buy them on Craigslist. <laughs> you know, no matter how good the deal is, it's not It's not a good deal. And and really, there aren't that many brands that discount their gift cards anymore. They'll offer that bounce-back card. So, again, what the restaurants have done to kind of curb that arbitrage is they'll sell you a $50 gift card. They'll give you a $10 gift card on top of that, but that gift card is only good from January 1st to February 28th. And so you can't resell a card that has an um, expiration date on it. So they're getting smarter and smarter about running promotions, too. But, again... If you buy it from the brand, you should be golden. But if you buy it from a third-party site, beware, buyer beware. It could very well be compromised. Yeah, and believe it or not, Martha, you know what a favorite place now of fraudsters to sell their gift cards is they're going to pawn shops and actually selling them to pawn shops. You know, so we're seeing either people, like you said, doing the straight-out shoplifting, returning the merchandise, getting a gift card or a store card, and then actually selling that at a pawn shop. So kind of uh, high-tech and low-tech methods, again, we're seeing with the fraudsters when it comes to that. So those pawn shops turn around and resell them to like a a raise or a card cash or a third-party exchange. And that's where those companies need to do due diligence on where are those pawn shops getting those cards. We need receipts. We need, you know, so that's, that's sketchy. <laughs> that's really sketchy. Doesn't yeah, it? it's it, anywhere they could sell them and, and uh, you know, get some money out of it, they will. And, you know, we've seen a bunch of cases where they've been, 
either straight out shoplifting and returning merchandise or they're actually going uh, and using stolen credit card numbers to purchase the gift cards and then uh, bringing them to the pawn shop. I did want to just insert a comment here, too. So we joke a lot um, in the RGCA about what constitutes gift card fraud and what doesn't. And a lot of times when somebody uses a stolen credit card and uses that stolen credit card to buy gift cards, they call that gift card fraud. But if somebody used that stolen credit card to buy a toilet, you don't call that toilet fraud. So why do we call it gift card fraud? It's credit card fraud. And so, again, gift cards get lumped into things that really, I mean, they're just, gift cards are a victim of fraud, right? Well, yeah, and they're trying to launder their proceeds, you know, into a different form, you know. Um, So, yeah, I I think uh, you're right. Sometimes the gift card industry gets a bad rap because... They're just, you know, a small part in not the actual original crime of the credit card fraud. Right. Yeah, you know, as an investigator, uh, Martha, it's another layer of fraud. I mean, not fraud, but of following the money. So you got a stolen credit card. You used that stolen credit card to make a purchase of gift cards. Yep. Now you have to determine where these gift cards were cashed. So first you got to go to the store that the credit card was used at and then... They probably only know the last four numbers of the card number, so you got to go to their merchant bank and find out the full 16-digit card number. Then from that, you got to find out what was purchased with that 16-digit card number. Then you got to go to the gift card company to find out where that card was used at and try and see what it was used for, if there's surveillance video and things like that. So I think it's just another layer that hinders the investigation. But you're right. They could purchase anything with a stolen credit card. They could Yeah, but gift cards are anonymous, right? So that's the other thing. That's why they're so attractive is retailers don't ever want to associate a person with the gift card because then there are all kinds of laws um, that have to do with uh, treatment and and giving money back to the states for unclaimed property. So they don't want to know who, who bought the gift card. And so there's that level of anonymity, too, which that's why bad guys gravitate towards gift cards because you can move the money around. But, you know, on the positive side, when you do get a gift card from somebody, it's wonderful because, again, you don't get stuck with that squirrel sweater or you get to choose right, what you no, want. Exactly. Or you can reject it if it's not your brand, right? <laughs> so, Martha, I was looking at a statistic from Consumer Sentinel. I know you're aware of it, that uh, it revealed that gift cards are the number one payment method of choice for scammers. Uh, leading to a report of over 148 million stolen from consumers. So I know, obviously, this is where the RGCA comes in. And and can you tell us what the RGCA is doing uh, to assist in this problem with working with law enforcement, retailers, advocacy organizations, and other industry stakeholders to mitigate fraud and actually, you know, further protect the consumer? Yeah, so again, we've been doing a lot, um, and and it's been coming both ways. We've been doing outreach to different agencies, and they've been finding us through, um, oh, you know, their peers found us, and now they're telling us, oh, go talk to this group. So we've been talking to a lot of different agencies, agents, organizations, all with either within consumer protections or within law enforcement. And then every single brand, you know, has an asset protection team that works very closely with law enforcement, you know, because there's so much retail theft organized retail theft, and gift cards are just one part of that. So I'm I'm very confident that all of our brands are working directly with local and national law enforcement when there are, you know, issues that they're seeing. We've had lots of brands, you know, reach out to us and report, 
hey, we're seeing really hot activity in Southern California, and this is the kind of scam that they're pulling, or this is the kind of fraud that they're perpetrating. And then the asset protection teams share that with each other. And there are also organizations, I'm sure you're very well aware of, of asset protection teams from different companies. So like the RGCA, we're all focused on gift cards. They're focused on asset protection. And so there's a lot that, you know, I don't know what the numbers are, but When you look at the size of the gift card industry and then you look at the fraud involved, it's not even 0.5% of issuance. So while I don't mean to minimize, you know, people that have been victimized and have lost, you know, thousands of dollars, it is still a very small number when you compare it to how large the gift card industry is. And then if you even tack that onto retail, again, it's a drop in the bucket, but it's a very irritating and, and very discouraging drop in the bucket. So you know, we're not, I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm just saying that, you know, in the big picture of things. Yeah. It's a, like I said, unfortunately you only hear about the bad news and, and you don't right. hear of all the, <laughs> the good news and how successful uh, the gift card industry is and, and how much people rely on it. So unfortunately in our worlds, uh, we deal mostly with the fraud aspect. So we, I guess we could get a little skeptical of things, uh, you know, as, as investigators. Uh, yeah, for so. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> again, no fraud is, is the goal, but that's, that's obviously that's the challenge. Hey, one more thing I want to bring up relating fraud. Martha, Mark, too, have you heard like going up to the counter, you know, grabbing some gift cards, going to the counter, and then I'm not quite sure how this works, distracting the clerk and then hitting some button on the register to add money to that card without them knowing about it. Have you heard of that? I saw some alerts related to that. Yeah, I've heard that from a couple different brands that, there's like a cash button or something too yeah. that, um, and a lot of times it's inside job where it's actually, you know, the store employee is, is working with the person to manipulate that sale and make it look like a cash sale. And that's, that's a challenge. I mean, I think um, internal theft is pretty high with a lot of retailers and that's one of the challenges they have. I do have to say, so we were on a, one of the coffee breaks last week, we were talking about new scams and a brand mentioned that, They were seeing this uptick in people coming into their stores with just a plastic card in their hand and not really showing it to the cashier, but saying, oh, this is a cash card and making the purchase and telling the cashier how to ring up the purchase as cash because they have this cash card. And so somebody knew the POS, like how to walk them through the POS experience to ring up the merchandise with this quote unquote cash card. And it was going through and one of the asset protection people from a different company was on the call and she apparently looked up the POS manual and found it online and said, well, it doesn't even have to be a store employee. I just figured out how I can do that at your store. So it's also, I mean, there's lots of different ways that people can scam a retailer. Again, not always just gift cards, but you know, if you're publishing your POS instructions online, maybe that's something that you need to consider not doing. That was kind of eye-opening for this. It was a large brand, too. I mean, they were pretty chagrined. So, Fraudsters are always resilient, and uh, I wish they'd only put their efforts to doing good versus evil. But, um, but yeah, there is nothing that is uh, 100% safe, and, and give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So, um, But, Martha, we really appreciate you coming on to the show today and sharing your expertise when it comes to gift card fraud investigations and sharing with our audience. Where can our audience go to find more information from your organization? 
Sure. And thank you very much for inviting me. I really, I, I enjoy talking to you guys. And I'm passionate about consumer protection, and I'm also passionate about gift cards. So uh, thank you for letting me talk about it. But if somebody needs more information, wants to understand what some of the uh, fraud issues are, and also um, if you think you're being scammed, there's a whole bunch of phone numbers you can call on our website. So again, that's rgca.org. And then once you're on our website, um, the Resale Gift Card Association website, there is a consumer tab at the top on the right. You can click on that, and that brings you to a page that talks all about how to protect your gift card, how to look for scams, what types of scams are out there. And then there's a whole bunch of phone numbers and email addresses of different agencies that you can call to either report a scam or get more information to find out, is this a scam? Am I being scammed? And how you can protect yourself. So I would encourage people to go there and I would encourage people not to feel like they can't report things. It's not your fault. You are a victim and, you know, these guys are really good and lots of very, very smart people can get scammed um, and you shouldn't feel ashamed. You should please report it so we can have more accurate numbers and also um, make sure that we understand if there's anything new emerging. So please go to our website. Please contact your agencies that we have listed there and hopefully you can prevent yourself from getting scammed. That's uh, some great advice, and and I'm going to ask you to do one last thing. Finish the sentence for me. Gift cards are for? Gifts. Yes, (laughs) right. If it's for anything else, be immediately suspicious of it, people out in our audience. (laughs) Hey, Martha, before we let you go, i got to ask you, what would be your top three tips for consumers during the holiday season? Sure. When it comes to purchasing gift cards, look at the packaging. When, you know, you go to the rack at your favorite store or at the grocery store or at, you know, a drugstore, look at the packaging. If it looks weird, if it looks tampered with, if it looks rough, select the next card. Don't buy a card that looks like it's been, you know, run over or abused in any way. Put that one aside or even take it up to the cashier and just let them know that this card looks damaged. And then two, do look for some of the brand promotions. Again, there's a lot of restaurant brands will offer you a a bonus card, which you can keep for yourself and use it after the holidays. Um, So those are nice little incentives to maybe purchase one brand's gift card over another, but don't purchase them from a third party. Don't purchase them on the internet. Don't purchase them on Craigslist or eBay or anything like that. If a brand is running a promotion, you should feel totally secure and fine that that is, is a legitimate promotion and that that BOGO or that second card will work just fine. Um, do read the fine print because those cards do expire. So you want to know what, you know, what window of time you have to use that gift card. Um, it's a gift to the purchasers, that bonus card. And then third, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't smell right, to hang up the phone and then, you know, call that person or, or do some research. But nobody's calling you to buy a gift card and then give them those card numbers. There's, it's just, it's not your church. And, and yes, so many people want to do good during the holidays, but these are fraudsters. Do not go and buy gift cards if somebody is soliciting for them. Call your pastor directly or go to his office or her office and ask, but do not buy gift cards and give anybody those card numbers over the phone. Just They're, they're for gifts. They are not for payments of any type. 
Martha, you know, again, we appreciate what the Retail Gift Card Association is doing. Like I said, I met a lot of great people when I attended the conference. So everything that you're doing to protect consumers, we really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I think I'm going to get Mark a gift card for Christmas. Same with Doug. <laughs> What's the minimum you could purchase? $3? <laughs> really? You must have a gift card in your sock drawer somewhere, don't you? I'll find one. I know, uh, The average consumer has, like, 22 gift cards laying around in various places in their home. So if, if you're, you know, short of funds at any point, go, go look in those sock drawers. I bet you have a bunch that you can use. I think I have like $175 I just added up the other day of gift cards that, you know, I don't eat at those restaurants or I don't shop at that brand. So I suppose I should maybe think of regifting those. <laughs> anyway, it's a pleasure, you guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and letting me have this, this opportunity to share information about the Retail Gift Card Association and the work that we do. And you guys are doing great work also. So thank you for all the things that you do to help protect consumers. And I hope you guys have a great holiday season. Well, thank you, Martha. You too, Martha. So folks, I hope uh, our listeners enjoyed another great podcast. I want to thank Martha Weaver for coming on to the podcast with us and sharing her knowledge and wisdom about gift card fraud and safety. And uh, please check us out on any of the major podcasts or our website at www.protectorspodcast.com. And thanks all for listening. I'm signing off. This is Mark Solomon, Vice President from Connecticut. And this is Mike Carroll. And also, Mark, information about the Retail Gift Card Association will be in our show notes. And I have some consumer protection tips in there. And Martha, thank you again for coming on the podcast. And we appreciate all that you do. Thanks, you guys. This was really fun. I could talk about gift cards all day long. So thanks for the opportunity, and thanks for letting me talk about the Retail Gift Card Association, too. And, Mark, one more thing. Dick's Sporting Goods could use a gift card for Christmas. (laughs) I'll think about it. We'll see. (laughs) Only to support the gift card industry. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Remember, as you join the fight to protect our citizens, you're not alone. With more than 6,500 members from around the world, the men and women of the IAFCI are standing together with you. To learn more or to join the IAFCI, please visit our website at www.iafci.org. The Protectors Podcast is produced by Modified Media and is available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. The hosts and guest opinions are their own and do not reflect those of management, employers, or sponsors. Listeners are encouraged to contact law enforcement if they suspect being a victim of a crime.